0: you're listening to first fossil Welcome to First Paso, a show where we learn together how to take that first paso toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. My name is Kenneth Olushla. and if this is your first time listening, welcome, 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 welcome. hope you uh, keep coming, subscribe, share with your friends, and come and join this community. We're learning how to do things that are tough. We're learning how to do things that will stretch us, mold us and allow us to step into the world being better than who we were yesterday. So if this is a community for you, come on in and stay in the room, y'all, okay? So today's special guest is a friend of mine. He's actually been on the show way, way, way back in the day when we were starting out this venture. And his life has progressed since we last talked to him. So, without further ado, please welcome my friend Jonathan Blackburn. What's up, man?
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back again.
0: Of course, you're my like you're I think you're like my second return person. So this is really nice to have a oh, follow up update.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can beat the high score from last time.
0: Okay. We getting all hundred, <laughs> all hundred a day.
1: Yes. Uh, we were babies last time we recorded this, too.
0: We we were. That was like in the thick of the pandemic.
1: It, it was, yeah. It was, it was like, what, three years ago now, almost?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Like two and a half years ago, something like that?
0: That's nuts.
1: I know. It, it literally I'm so proud was. Of- yeah, I'm so proud of what you've done with the podcast since then, and and how this has grown and things like that. So yeah, it's just it's good to we have conversations like this on the phone all the time too. So it's funny to kind of sit down and feel the pressure of like, all right, well, we're going to record it and uh, see <laughs> see if this can stay on the rails longer than a normal phone conversation.
0: I'm crying because let's be real, <laughs> our phone conversations can travel. Okay, <laughs> we get on spaceships and we return back
1: at some point it we go we go for duration not for quality we go for time spent on the (laughs) phone versus uh versus profound nuggets per minute
2: so true oh
0: my (laughs) gosh i'm done with you i cannot this is too much well guys welcome welcome into our little world of uncertainty um it's always a always a venture here Hey, Candace here. You might not know this, but outside of podcasting and public speaking, I actually offer life coaching. So when coaching with me, I create a safe space for us to have real conversations. I get to ask thought-provoking questions and provide tools and principles that I've learned and applied in my personal journey through life. We get to laugh, we sometimes cry, <laughs> But we ultimately get to celebrate the steps that you boldly take through your journey in your life. And then for those who are specifically looking for it or might be a little bit curious as to how this would even fit into their world, I also add a faith-based approach. No matter what season of life you're in with God, and even if you don't know God, I can offer those services as well. Now, Coaching is no joke. It takes tough work. And it's also not for everyone. But it is a great way to help propel you forward into the life that you truly want to live. So if you feel trapped, living an unfulfilled life, and are ready to shift your perception to break free from your shackled mindset, if you... Believe that it's time to finally start living the life you have always dreamt of living and are ready to do whatever it takes to make that your reality. If you're actually really excited about the idea of living life as your whole self, free to step boldly into everything you were created to be, and if you're ready to embark on the journey to self-acceptance, joy, confidence, true love, and So much more, then head to my website at www.firstbasso.com to fill out the application form today for the possibility of us working together to reach your breakthrough to living your most fulfilled life for the rest of your life. Last time, we talked with you you were kind of just like starting off living this musician's life trying to figure out all of that so why don't you i'm gonna let people go back to your episode of of what was the title it was called piano man the piano man so if Mm -hmm. you didn't listen to that episode guys go back and kind of listen to what his background is. If you want to give a little recap, you can go ahead and do that and kind of explain where you were at that time that makes where you are now different in not just in your craft, but in who you are as a person now.
1: Oof. Uh yeah, awesome. So if you you do want to go back and listen to that episode, I will give you a couple seconds to do so and then I'll apologize for what you heard and We'll move forward, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, um, I think last time we talked, I was just fresh off of moving to Nashville, kind of upending my life to try and dig deeper into what I felt like I was called to do in music. Um, We talked a lot about how uh, I've been playing music and and singing and just been surrounded myself with music since, uh, since I was in single digits, since I was just a wee baby. And it had always been a huge part of my life, a huge, huge source of passion and love and connection and a lot of good things in my life. And so I got into a point where um, I was very grateful for the business career that I had and how life had sort of moved me around with employment and things like that. But I settled on moving to Nashville because I felt like there was more that I could be doing in music, more that I wanted to be doing in music. And I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to look back on the years and, and wish that, I had done more or tried the things that I was scared to try or uh, things like that. Also, the move kind of put me two hours away from family instead of six, which was helpful too. So that was a a little side piece that was that was nice. Um, since then, my goodness, uh, I lived in Nashville for about three years. And um, that's a it's a it's so funny to sit down and try and sort of synthesize three years into a couple punchy sentences, but, um, it was, uh, incredibly healthy in some ways, incredibly unhealthy in other ways. Um, it spurred a lot of growth. It spurred a lot of confidence, um, a few new insecurities, but we addressed some of the old insecurities and tried to kind of get over those hurdles. And, um, yeah, I'm, I, I think looking back over the three years since we talked last, like I I can, I can have a lot of gratitude. I can be thankful for uh, a lot of wonderful people that poured um, their time into me, their advice into me, helped me build my confidence, uh, grow into something a little bit better than I was three years ago. Yeah. There's a, there's like in everything, I think there's a lot of good and there's a lot of uh, more, maybe more difficult things that are all kind of mixed into colors that the last three years have been um so i'm thankful for where i'm at i'm still um you know working through difficult stuff and and working towards beautiful things that that bring joy and things like that but um i'm kind of i'm grateful for the last uh the last three years and what has taught me overall did that answer the question even a little bit
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it did i think i you know being a a friend that watched
2: from a distance and up close kind of a mix of the two I've I've had the opportunity to see
0: bits and pieces of the experience over the last three years trying
2: to get your feet wet in the music industry um and how it's brought about both positive
0: and negative experiences that Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're willing to unpack some of those things whatever you're comfortable with just so you know I I think it would benefit it would benefit people to hear that you know I, I don't know I feel like people have a misconception about when people are in the music industry or like trying to get their feet wet in the music industry the the things that you kind of have to wrestle with not just from the business aspect or even
2: self-promoting yourself to your target audience but just also making sure that you stay true to yourself yeah the whole way through
0: and the like just how you feel on a personal level that impacts how you approach this new world of trying to be really discovered and taken notice of by people that would want to listen to your music consistently so can you unpack a little bit of of the the like the last 3 years
2: from things that you really like what steps you were taking that were impactful
0: for you on the positive side and steps that you took that may have affected some of the positivity in a way that you wish maybe didn't happen um or had went a different way.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I can try and get a little bit less vague uh than I was in the last answer. The I, I think if there's one sort of overarching thing um that I've learned over the course of getting more and more integrated into the music industry. It's it's a shift in mindset from um, the the drive and the desire and the need to be discovered and to be um, accepted and listened to and praised to more of an internal shift of, um, am I proud of this? Am I proud of what I'm doing? Am I proud of the work that I'm putting out? Am I Am I proud of what I'm creating internally um, and, and sort of a shift to making, or at least endeavoring to make that the priority over the other? Um, you're, you're 100% right. You hit, hit the nail on the head when I first moved to Nashville um, and, and in a lot of music situations. I um, I think in a more out of control drive and motivation for me than, than I wish was was the the need to be discovered? The need to hear from people that I looked up to and people that um, I idolized in music and, and grew up listening to, kind of that want for acceptance from them, wanting to hear like, "Hey, wow, no, you like you're good and you deserve to be here, and um, you know the things that you create and your point of view and your perspective and your music and your art." Uh, is is good and the world should hear it there i that those were the things that i was dying to hear um and really scared when i first moved to nashville i think i said uh, you know the last time we spoke of there's kind of no more training wheels once i like once i moved to nashville i felt like okay there's no more excuses i either either this this works and um i can make music more of a meaningful part of of my life moving forward or uh it doesn't but i don't have that excuse anymore that i'm you know, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not in a place where it could have, if I was in Nashville, it'd be different. Now that I am in Nashville, there's no more excuses. If it doesn't work out, it's just because I can't hack it and I'm not good enough. Um, and so I'd be lying if that wasn't on my mind a lot, uh, especially when I first moved to Nashville. And, and also, um, you know, still to this day, I don't think there's a magic point that we can get to where all of a sudden uh, the insecurities are conquered and they're gone. Um, I think it's, it's a, definitely a daily, A daily thing and as the years go by we develop new confidences that overcome old insecurities but we also develop new insecurities that require the growth towards new confidences in the future too so um the 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 things that i'm thankful for that i was able to get involved with in nashville early on um those introduced me to people who we shared conversations like this that Maybe we're a little bit more in depth about um, music and art and what it means to be a creative person and how to sort of integrate that into your life and try and not only once you've done that, move it towards like a a monetary sort of uh, end where you can support yourself. A, a, a creative career is difficult um to to be able to balance the the money and the art sort of things. um but as i as I met those people and I spoke more and more with them and just, time and small successes and large failures. Um, and as time passed, I think I, I got more comfortable saying, I, I've seen a lot of the different parts of the music industry and, and I've learned, um, or I'm in the process of learning more and more of like, hey, these are sides that I really don't enjoy. I don't like, I don't think they're healthy. I don't want them involved in my career in the future. And these are other sides of the music industry that I love and I think are beautiful. And I definitely want to continue integrating into what I'm defining as my own creative career. Um, and I think the, the shift is hopefully um, a healthy sort of growth line graph looking sort of deal from um, that need to be accepted by people that I didn't know to more of, hey, I'm building this is my career, and I'm I'm building things that I can be proud of. And if I can look myself in the mirror and be proud of this, and if it's okay, and if it's enough for me, then I obviously you know have to have the the strength and the confidence to release it to the world. But once I do that, you know that's that's enough, and that that can be enough, and that should be enough for me because uh, you know the hustle of of continuing to market yourself and find that audience and then get that audience's attention it has has proved to be um sort of a difficult um mental health struggle for me over the last couple years of of uh wanting to do that day in and day out and feeling okay doing that day in and day out um but you know i mean it's uh i really want to avoid all of the cliches that we see like in cursive on Instagram all the time, but it's, it's very true. Like growth isn't a straight line and I'll try, like I said, that's okay. That's one That's strike one for me of, of awful Instagram cliches, but growth isn't a straight line. And I think it's, you know, over time, it's, it's grown to a place that I'm happier with than I was three years ago, but it'll continue to do so if I, you know, keep going about it the right way. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for, for at least my career in the future.
0: First, thank you for, Saying that, because being in the creative space as well, yeah, it, it's a weird shift, I think, mentally and emotionally, going from this speaks so much into my purpose. This is my purpose, and I have passion for it to now, like I don't know, I don't know if the word is it's like there's almost like an an ickiness. Mm-hmm. to having to go out there and market your purpose. Yeah. Like like p- put a money value on your purpose. To mm-hmm. um get people to notice your purpose. You know what I mean? Like it, it there's it, it's so different than I don't know, having having your 9 to 5 clocking in, clocking out, people buying your product that was already From your company like the company figured it out they just told you yeah copy paste our our model and
2: whatever but this is this is so personal music music is bearing your soul right and um for me doing
0: talks and the podcast and youtube channel
2: like it's bearing my soul Mm-hmm. and and so it's it's it, I don't know it's it's almost i don't this is gonna maybe sound
0: weird, but it's almost <laughs> it's um it's almost like there's a sense of nakedness that you have to get to in the vulnerability of what you're putting out because that's where the the core of the beauty of what you're creating is and yet there's almost Mm -hmm. a there's also this sense of modesty in that you want to protect it so it's like there's so many things going on that before you get into this space like when it's really a dream is a vision and you're just like i love doing this and you know you might have friends who are telling you like man you have this talent man you should go and do this man i love when you xyz and then you say okay i'm gonna go into an industry filled with people who've had people do that for them too Mm -hmm. and and now it's like before it's not as competitive before it's just like it's it's in your soul and now you have to go into a space because you know going into that space Will open up doors and um, provide you uh, stability if you are persistent enough and maintain your momentum enough to get to that space where you're basically self supporting off of this purpose that you have. And now it's like, okay, now you have to mentally and emotionally think of things that weren't necessary Mm -hmm. to to think about before
2: you have to think about if it is is what i'm doing similar enough that there's a niche
0: that people are looking for Mm -hmm. and is it unique enough that it stands out in the midst of that niche
1: yeah yeah i mean the the conversation around like your specific branding is is even like it is is even more difficult than I think where this conversation started too, because yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, as someone who like grew up loving playing sports, like I, I loved playing baseball. I still love it. Um, that's not a unique niche branding. Like I loved doing the thing that also all of my other friends like to do. And we all played it together and you, um, I think that ingrains in a lot of people, uh, there, there's a hierarchy in most things, you know, in, in business, in sports, in a lot of different ventures we undertake where there's a defined set of rules where this is how you do it and this is how you do it well. And then you can look around your classroom and there's a, there's a clear answer when they say, Hey, who's the fastest kid in third grade? Like everyone knows and points to the kid who did that thing. You could all love running equally. Um, you all have a different gait and a different stride and whatever, but there's a clear, like, we point to that kid. For me, his name was Joseph. And he was awesome and he was super fast. And that bugged me because I wanted to be the fastest, but I wasn't, right? With creativity, like you said, there's that personal branding where we're, we're, <laughs> we're trained to want to play into the hierarchy of, all right, well, I've got a voice. You're gifted at these the depth of conversation and pulling um nuances out of, of uh words and motivating people and being able to dig into the root of like, what is this person that I'm interviewing saying? Like that, that's a huge gift of yours. And I think part of what success in a creative career looks like is pushing back against that notion that you have to try and go into the world and say, I'm better at this than these other podcasts, X, Y, and Z that you could listen to that are also doing interviewing and vulnerability and um, this sort of motivational connection and and things like that. Um, that's what so many other things in the world tell us we have to do is, you know, when I go out into a room to say, I can sing higher than you, I can sing louder than you, I can sing lower than you. My runs are cleaner. My lyrics are better. My chord progressions are more interesting. Um, and that's never, that's never a battle that any of us can win. Cause I, There's always going to be a keys player out there that blows me out of the water. There's always going to be vocalists out there that are quote unquote better than me. Um, And if I go into those branding thought processes and uh, the marketing conversations that we need to have, the business partnerships that we have to have to continue, again, I'm throwing up huge air quotes with progressing our careers. Um, There's just so many traps of comparison between the two. And in creativity, You've got a point of view when you're interviewing people, you've got um, wisdom that comes out conversationally that nobody other than Kansas Alushala has. And that in and of itself, my big like rallying cry to the world, I guess, is, is that that's enough. There, there's nothing else that really needs to be um, assigned to your branding other than, hey, this is my point of view. This is my perspective. And this is how I feel like I'm contributing to the, the history of the world in a meaningful way. And, and um, I've spent a lot of late nights either talking with friends or talking to myself in the mirror, trying to grind that into my head. Because the, the entire creative industry and entertainment industries are, are wired to be the opposite of that. Um, they're wired to be a scoreboard. And, and I think that's, that's really difficult to exist in. But yeah, like, does that make sense? That's what I tell like anybody that I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for it. You, anybody that's younger than me, that's ever come to me for advice. Like I'll say some sort of iteration of that, of like, if you're creating something that you're proud of, then there are people actively out there looking all the time, like in the industry or not, or personally, whatever, like there's people that are looking for gold, all the time like when you sit down to look through what like what tv show do i want to watch you're looking for something that you like and you connect with and how many times will you go and you'll look up the like the critic reviews of a movie and they think it was amazing and you watch it and you're like i hated this this was awful or it's the opposite way where like they said it was terrible you watched it and you're like this is one of my favorite movies ever right so opinion is never lacking anywhere um and there's another, there's a whole other subsidiary industry that critiques the entertainment industry that's their job is to talk about art and to try and assign it to slots on the scoreboard um and and creatives have to have to weather that storm they have to weather the good and the bad because you know when i sit down to write a song um there there's going to be a large collection of people that say your chord progression is trash and you didn't use the right mode and your lyrics are cheesy and your voice sounds stupid and all this stuff there's also going to be people if you can weather that storm there'll be people that say hey that that second verse really was something that i hadn't thought of before or hey that bridge into that final chorus really lifted me out of a tough a tough day and i've held on to that and like it, it's it is as in with everything in life like you just have to pick who you're who you're going to listen to and then try and block out the noise cuz like you said earlier like um i think a lot of creatives get hyped up by people in their life that say, hey, you're really good at this. You're awesome. You should turn this into a career. This is really cool. I love it when you do this. And that's fantastic. Like, I can't thank those people in my life enough to keep with that encouragement. But I do think um, the more you continue to pursue those creative ventures, uh, I, I don't want to sound as, I feel like this is going to sound more bleak than I mean it. But I also do kind of like, my point is in there somewhere of like um, there are going to be a lot of people that will hype you up creatively about your talent and your purpose and your calling. Um, A significant majority of those people will not be there for you when you encounter resistance from that very art, when you fail, when, when it gets difficult um, in an industry that is, that is filled with beauty and talent and wonderfully kind, incredible people. But an industry that is, at its core, impersonal, business driven, um, just a a sort of a a data, a data monster, you know, Um, a lot of those people won't still be hanging out. And so, um, again, it comes back to the core of why are you doing what you're doing? And can you personally be proud of, of what you're doing? And then everything else on top of that is just icing. It's not that I don't want Spotify playlist to pick up the songs that I write. It's not that I don't want sync placements or that I don't want to collaborate with, you know, other songwriters that I look up to. It's not, uh, it's not that I don't want any of those things. It's that I don't want the, um, the pursuit of those things to drive my, my days because I did that for uh, longer than I I'd like to admit in Nashville. And it really took a toll um and and continues continues to take a toll too so i think um you can let those pursuits be in the car because they need to be if you ever do <laughs> unfortunately if you ever do want to make money from this you know like you have to balance all of this stuff so they can be in the car you just can't i if 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 i'm begging you for anything whoever's listening to this it's just that you can't let those things drive the car but i mean again you you know all this because you you've you've done this podcast and you've built this podcast from nothing into something awesome and, um, pulling conversation that ends up being meaningful out of people is not always an easy thing to do. And you do it with an elegance that is, that is fun to listen to, which is why listeners keep coming back. Um, but I, you know, we became friends for a whole bunch of reasons, but like one of the reasons is because conversations like this just kind of naturally happen. Like we just kind of, we found ourselves like digging into each other's families and lives and whatever. We had lots of time together playing French horn in the back of the room in orchestra. So we had like plenty of time and rests and stuff to get to know each other. <laughs> yes, but, like, we did. This kind of stuff just naturally happened, which I think, you know, it's it's those natural we fall into those creative spaces where we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I really love this. That kind of sparks the passion of like, I want to do more of this. But then it's it's exactly what you said, like going out and and trying to then, um, like manufacture a creative space where we can do that thing that was so natural that we loved before in a place that we've now engineered for ourselves is a, is a weird sort of conflict of ideas. Um, because it's, you know, it's like going up to someone in a party and trying to, uh, me being more like more of an introverted person. This is, this is something that I, uh, very much relate to, but it's like going up to someone at a party and being like. Uh, I would like to have a deep conversation with you right now like I would like to manufacture a meaningful human connection let's talk about your life and where you've come from and where you're hoping to go and they're like bro I'm just trying to get my my salsa and chips I'm trying to go back to where the music is like I'm trying to I'm trying to have a fun party and I'm like man I would love to create something uh vulnerable and deep and whatever and like it there's not always a place for that it's not always accepted well and so going out and trying to create a space for that 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 can invite something like that is not uh not easy to do
2: yeah yeah it's it's a i don't think
0: people talk about the awkwardness and if they do especially especially in the music industry where like uh when i you hear artist will and of course, it'll be artists that we already know, right? Of like, course, yeah. They're in, they're in the industry. We're they're selling millions of records. People are already going <laughs> to their concerts. Yeah. And it's then that we hear them. You know, I'm not gonna write you a love song, like you know, like yeah. they. That's when they say, like, I'm so sick of like doing what the industry wants me to do to, like, what it's made me do to basically get to this point. And oh, yeah. now that I'm, I've, I have done the manufacturing thing enough to get the fans that will follow me regardless. Now I'm going to do the middle finger song and then just do me. And the fact that so many, you see more and more artists do this, this like, I'm, I'm going to do the manufactured part first to get in. And then I'm going to try to backtrack and be me. And the people are like, what's Mm -hmm. going on? And it's like, how do you, uh, this it's a weird space in trying to hope that you don't have to do the manufactured part first and then yeah. go be you like can i just be me the whole way through and if so where's the where's the balance that i'm looking for like what how do? it, it sounds like you 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 have to be constantly self-assessing yourself oh yeah you have to be so attentive to like how am I feeling? Am I getting prideful? Am I getting so prideful that I won't take anyone's critique? Am I getting so uh distraught that because I've gotten critique, I might just never do this and I'm just going to go back to doing my 9 to 5? Is this, you know, it's been 3 years and I'm still not where I want to be? Do I keep pressing on and it's
2: it's it's creatives like um, for example, Kev on stage, right?
0: Online comedian. Mm-hmm. And I remember following him in high school when he barely had a couple hundred viewers on his YouTube page.
2: Yeah.
0: And to see the things that he was putting out then, it's been like 15 plus years since then and now he's everywhere he's in commercials he's -hmm. on the Invisalign commercials he's on the spectrum commercial he's doing TV (laughs) like he's he has his own like comedy network now like he's doing all the things and to go like how did you wake up every day putting out content for years that was just really getting a couple hundred views yeah and believing in all like believing in what was inside of you despite the nose like how did you train how do you transition from i just i do this and people realize that i make them laugh to like putting a camera in front of you and yeah. seeing of other people outside of my close circle laugh and then going years of kind of a stagnant you know couple couple people here and there to all of a sudden like Everyone knows your name. Yeah. Tabitha Brown has a similar story too as an actress, comedian, very much like she said, it took her like 25 plus years before she got to the point that she's at now. And it's, we are, we are at the front end of that trajectory, right? You and I,
1: mm-hmm. of
0: just like, we've had these talents, we've had these. We've had this purpose living inside of us that people around us have taken notice of. And now we have to go into a these spaces where it's not the people that have been with us the whole time. And they're just coming in and looking at the craft. Yeah. And they have say because they've been in the industry that pays people to put this craft out. Over and over and over, and be known. So it's like, at the end of the day, do you remember you? Do you remember why you chose to step into this space with the vulnerability? Are you willing to put your heart on the table like that for people to critique how it pumps (laughs) for the world? Like, like it pumps the way it pumps you know and there is that but there is also the technical side there are those nuances you have to learn logic i have to learn wondershare mm-hmm. you know we have to learn vid- videography and audio and editing and there there ha- there's always a technical side of everyone's craft doesn't even matter if it's the art artist side of life or the scientist side of life there it doesn't matter the industry the business side there's a technical part and then there's the the creative side of everyone's passion and remembering that balance especially in the beginning like where we are because we i mean we both pretty much jumped in 2020 into like the space in its
2: official form like Mm -hmm. this is there are days where this sucks. Like, I don't know how to sugarcoat it. Yeah,
0: And I don't, I don't want to, cause I, I also, I don't say that to discourage people. I say that to keep it real. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, we don't want to paint like an overly rosy picture of what it looks like. Like the last three years has been, um, in a lot of ways, the toughest three years of my life. Um, Mm. and it's been, it's been really difficult, but Um, I I think I love, I I completely agree with where you're coming from. And I think it's, I think it's like twofold because yeah, there's when the years keep clicking on and you're still getting a hundred views on your video or you're getting, you've got like 12, 12 streams per month on Spotify and blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, that's part of it where, you know, it's a lot like going to the gym and your fitness journey. Like there's a, there's discipline and there's motivation and motivation's super easy when it's going great and you're looking good and you're feeling good and you're getting a lot of traction on the art that you're putting out. But discipline is like, I'm still gonna write on days where I don't, want, I don't wanna write. Um, but I, I think that sort of continuing on when it's taking longer than you wish it had or you're not getting that affirmation on the art that you've put out. I think that it comes down to like, have you surrounded yourself with good people that can pick you up and, and make life, um, meaningful and fun, fun to live? Um, uh, like your people that you feel safe with, that you feel, um, genuinely that you trust and have, have, have your back. Um, have you assigned your self-worth to the art that you're creating because you're forfeiting, you're forfeiting your right to decide if you're, if you're worth anything, if you do that. And I think that that I've done that a lot. Um, I have tried really hard in the last three years to get to a place where I'm not doing that as much where, you know, I, I wrote this song, I put it out. So at one point in my life, I thought it was a really good thing. If people like it great, if they don't, I can't assign my worth as a a person or as a creative to, to everything, even though it it does come from me and I'm on the hook for it. So um, I, I definitely think that's half of it of like, what do we do? when the going gets tough, like, can, can we find those ways to continue to self-regulate ourselves and and get out of bed and keep creating? Because, you know, when I think about it, um, what if I have a hard day now is my like initial reaction to like, just want to come home and sit down at the piano and play and sing until I feel better. Yeah, it is. And so that's super telling for me when I'm trying to self-regulate my own emotions to say, Hey, this is still my safety blanket when I'm not doing well is to come home and and play the piano or play the guitar and sing and, and do stuff like that. So that has to mean something to me. But I think the flip side of it too, is that like, I've seen this with friends. um, I've seen this with myself occasionally, but when success does start to come and, you know, you are getting that positive feedback from your, from your creation stuff moves so fast it moves real quick and people come from all angles to, to uh, try and be a part of it. Um, I'm not talking personally, like just professionally. And so I, would I love to be that artist that has had a, a 30 year career and can now come out with that? Like, Hey, I hate all these things. This is how I really want to do it. Like the, I'm not going to write you a love song sort of deal. I would love to be in that position. That'd be great. But I would rather be in a position where like, all right, this is strike two. Uh, slow and steady is a very cliche phrase that we hear all the time, but like it's that's exactly right. Like, I need to be, I need to have enough of a well regulated, healthy engine inside myself to get out of bed when I don't want to and to keep creating things. But I also have to be strong enough to pump the brakes when things start getting successful because I have to slowly create the career that I want for myself. Um, so that I, ideally, I don't ever get to that place where I have to write the song to say, hey, I did all these things before to get here, but I didn't like them. I had to do them just because that's what the radio people and the a r people said would hit on the radio. Um, that's the sound that, you know, pop radio needs right now. Like, oh, no, those, that instrumentation doesn't fit for what country radio needs right now. Like, those are all things that have been said to me. And, you know, I can either... I think any creative can either say, okay, I'm going to do something that I don't like right now to get to a place, hopefully one day, where I won't have to do those things anymore and I can do what I actually want. Or you can say, with the way that internet has uh, has evolved, with the way that social media has evolved, with the lowering of the, the bar of entry of just anyone can upload any song to Spotify at any time. That's awesome. That opens the door for. So many people to get their talent out in the world that might not have been able to before, that didn't live in proximity to label people or didn't run in the right circles and things like that. So, um, I that's great, but can I can I create things slowly but surely that I'm proud of, where I don't feel like I'm conceding um, my soul or my heart or the things that I love, and suffer through however many years potentially my whole career of a hundred streams per song is that enough for me um like it comes back to my why of why i'm doing things like i i would be uncomfortable if i couldn't say that that's enough you know i would be uncomfortable with like um getting to that point where i'm just gonna make this because i know it's gonna hit the algorithm and it'll be fine and then when i do make it big i'll go back and delete it because i really don't like it um i think that that's a that's a scary spiral to to dive into so it's that sweet spot of in the middle of like you got to keep working but you got to control the speed with which you're moving because that's the only way you can ensure that you're um creating a foundation that's going to stand the test of your your whole life because we all want the things that we create to be around hundreds of years after we're gone like obviously if you were if you were to go back and and tell beethoven that we'd still be jamming to his tunes he'd love that you know i assume Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i know we've we've talked about you know the this this space of you know especially where you are now you're
0: you've been touring you've been touring with other artists Mm -hmm. and
2: um you know i've gotten to work with different creatives and kind of learn from them where they're at, um,
0: and being, I guess, ahead of me in what they know and what they put out and
2: and things like that. Um, it, it it's interesting to be in the space of wanting to be recognized and it be.
0: Supported monetarily at some point because yeah. we gotta eat. Um, you know I'm just yeah. Like, rent don't stop. but uh, <laughs> got bills. Um, okay, inflation. Um, you know like we still have eggs. to.
1: Yo, expensive now y'all.
0: Yo, sorry. Too we real. got uh, mm, these too chickens real. though. <laughs> they're rocking it. These ladies right? see playing. they
1: just they kept creating they kept grinding and one day boom now chickens are. <laughs> they're seeing yes! the just rewards of all their work they're blowing up yes! great job chickens well yes
0: done. yes best <laughs> life lesson ever go so look at those chickens
1: mm-hmm. it's coming for now business everybody
0: school. wants them yes you know,
1: 2028 20, business students get ready for those <laughs> get ready for I those chicken uh can't. lessons <laughs>
0: I'm crying so true though. Oh my word. They were clucking and grinding, I'm telling you. Uh but you know, like this space of
2: can clucking
1: and grinding. Can He's clucking like, and grinding be the, the title of this episode?
0: Jonathan Blackburn. I'm n- no, it cannot. Subtitle. Right. We can yeah, sub, yeah. Right, subtitle. Continue. Also known as clucking and grinding. Um so you know. Guys, this is literally how our conversations go. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it's like, like like actual real life. Um, but you know, I'm thinking of the the pace of yes, like, especially when you first jump into a, a, a creative industry and you're like, oh, I like I want everyone to hear my stuff and I want like I want people to just love it like everyone's always loved it, you know? And At the same time, you're like, but I also don't know what I'm doing. And I would rather not go too fast because I don't want to fall on my face
1: early. So it's
0: like. Definitely want to make sure I
1: still know where my footsteps are landing.
0: Yes. It's a that's also a weird space to be in because you like you said, like there's people that once they, you know, they go and it's like this really slow 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 very narrow slope and then all of a sudden like they get to that point and all of a sudden it's like right and oh. you're like whoa what is
2: going on everything is moving and so uh, there's a there's a part of me that had an intense
0: anxiety to mm-hmm. feel like going into the industry Going into the creative space, like you going into Nashville, it was like all of a sudden you're in a pool of people who are doing what you're doing all at the same time. And you almost feel rushed to keep up with what seems to be the pace that everyone's going at around you. Right. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it like at some point it has to hit you to go, like, wait a second. I don't necessarily have to go at that pace because at the end of the day we want longevity behind what we're doing we don't want to be the Macarena okay we're not trying to be <laughs> okay I'm just saying
1: speak for yourself I'll... I want my songs to be played at every wedding till the end of time
0: I'm crying but we I don't want it to be like what else did they put out Yeah, I don't know fair. but I that's love fair. that one song you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, 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 good for you you know you don't want to be Rebecca Black's Friday, like, poor thing, you know, you don't want to do that. Like you want it to be sustainable, but sustainability means you have to like brick by brick by brick. And so there's, there's a, there's a balance between, I know you touched on like the comparison piece. Like there's healthy comparison where it's like, okay, I can study you I can even study the people that are at the same level of jumping into this thing as me because they still might be doing something that I can learn from I can glean from
2: absolutely and it
0: and it not become like but you're better I'm better or the competition side to which gives you the anxiety to feel like you have to be like running and running and running and running and scrambling which I think just affects your art and people start to notice that you're anxious in yeah. how you're creating because it doesn't it doesn't land as well it doesn't seem as you as it could be and so how how have how have you especially being on tour with someone yeah. that people already know their name like yeah you n- people won't know your name unless that artist will like tag you and put you mm-hmm. on there. Instagram or their Facebook, as like one of my bandmates, knowing that that's not where you want to. It's it's not where a lot of artists want to stay. It's like I appreciate being in this band, but you there. How many artists you see saying I started off in this group, Mm -hmm. either as a background singer or as like an actual. We are all the group, and then they're like, "We love what we did as a group. We learned what we learned as a group." And now we want to go do our own thing and people just like us for what we do separate from you. And it has nothing to do with that season. I I just learned what I, what I needed to learn to
2: get the footing, Mm -hmm. but like in the space of being in the, you're in the background, right? How do you, how do you balance the emotional and mental space? Of aspiring to be the be the the face of the musicians on the stage at some point, and also not turn it into like a space of jealousy. Ooh.
0: Like, ugh! Like, I wish yeah. I. Like, man, like, okay, you, everyone knows your name. Like, I'm playing back here. I wish everybody knew my name like they knew your name. Versus (laughs) just, like, I like, I like that I get to watch how all of this happens. And I get to write down what I like, what I don't like, what I would love to see happen when it's my turn. Versus I hope that never happens when it's my turn. And I will make sure to write that down so we can address it when it's my turn to make sure it doesn't (laughs) happen. You know, like. How do you,
2: how do you go about assessing yourself in the space of learning and being on tour with someone who has
0: the recognition that you are working towards for yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a huge question. That's a really good question. Um, you know, there's always a comparison voice in all of our heads. Like, I, I'm never going to be able to shed that as a creative. Um, but I do want to be very
2: clear and um,
1: and and sincere. I, there's going to be people that won't believe me. Uh, but there's a there was a huge silver lining. I've been very thankful that, um, you know, the band that I'm touring with the artist that I'm touring with, he and I are really good friends. Um, We hit it off really, really easily and really quickly. Um, I am, I'm always going to be so, so, so thankful for him for, I mean, welcoming me into the band, kind of giving me the opportunity to go do this. And I think the biggest silver lining for me of touring with him so far has been to be able to have those interactions and, and meaningful memories and, uh, and conversations and writing sessions and whatever with, with genuinely good friends. Um, But there's been a blessing in having that first professional tour, uh, the first professional, you know, cutting of a, of a record in an album uh, in a a record in a studio and and working with producers and things like that, where I wasn't the guy. Um, That was actually a, a relatively welcomed pressure relief of like, Hey, I get to go do all these things that are so fun and that I love doing. And I don't have to be the one that people are looking at. Like I get to observe exactly like you were saying. I get to learn. I get to absorb what I'm seeing, what I like, what I don't like, what I want to be a part of my life and my own career and what I don't. Um, there's been, there's been a joy of being the background guy, the behind the scenes guy. And I don't want to lose that um, I want to continue helping my friends, uh, writing with my friends, collaborating in the studio with my friends, touring with my friends. I want to keep doing that from a support position, um, you know, for the rest of my life, for the rest of my career. I don't want to, um, I don't want to push back against any of those things simply because my, my ego doesn't want to be in a support position. And so I, I want to be like, I want to be very clear about that. I, but to your point, and, and I think to your question, the I, I will also admit that before I before I started digging a lot more into my own writing and my own music and releasing my own stuff, there was a huge, huge source of guilt in my life, too, and that guilt feeds that, that comparison voice to be so much louder than it otherwise would be. Because then, you know, then it's very easy to look at, um, all the, the different artists that I'm playing with and shooting videos with and whatever, and the artists that I'm on tour with, it's very easy then to look at them and say, um, you know, I, I could be, or I should be doing what they're doing. Um, I'm, I'm also very lucky with the artists that I'm on tour with that I, I do, I genuinely, uh. I do think he's incredibly talented. His voice is fantastic. His music is fantastic. I couldn't do what we do on the road with how tiring and, uh, grueling, uh, you know, an extended tour schedule is. I couldn't do that if I didn't believe in the music or the people that I'm with. So, um, I'm, I'm lucky in that sense, but I'll say the, the flip side of that. As soon as I figured out the, the balance of confidence and business knowledge to, finally finish a project and cut it and mix it and master it and release it to the world that alleviated a lot of that guilt to say um i think the balance in my mind is i never want to shy away from a support position because my ego wants me to be out front more um those are those are collaborations that i always want to have for the rest of my career but my own music um that's the That's the other side of the coin. I think if one was there without the other, I would feel out of balance and frustrated and angsty and would want to make adjustments to my career. But my my personal music is a way for me to uh, express myself, create things that I care about, things like that. And if that ever turns into something that um, becomes a, a larger part of my life, then awesome, I hope and pray that I'll be sort of man enough to shoulder that responsibility. But um, I'm, I'm fine doing what I'm doing, touring with other artists right now, not needing to be the guy with the, um, you know, with the mic and with the spotlight, because I have that creative outlet on my own. Like I said, before I before I had the guts to release my own stuff, I was very frustrated because I was like, here, I'm doing this thing. And I can do a lot more. It's not that I want to do it in place of the guy that I'm playing with. It's that I know I can do more that I'm just too scared to be doing right now. And that grinds at you over the course of a long time. So it took me a really long time to get that other aspect of my creative career up and going, my own personal expression of my own music. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to continue working with this artist that I'm on tour with for I want his career to be 50 years long. Like he's, he's one of the best people ever. Um, I feel that about a lot of the people that I've written with and that I've shot videos with and that I've helped in the studio and done things with. Um, you know, everyone wants to build uh, sort of a, a portfolio of business and a career history that you're proud of and that you're excited to, to be associated with. And so I'm thankful for those people. Um, and the, the balance of comparison is never something that I'm going to be able to shake off. I'm always going to sit down and listen to, um, you know, classic records of of people that are just phenomenal, like, oh, pfft, um, like old old uh, Chuck Berry records and old um, James Taylor songwriting stuff, and Billy Joel, and the P- or like I could sit down now and listen to like a Jacob Collier, and never want to touch another musical instrument ever again in my life because I'm just like, <laughs> oh my. What's the point of anyone else making music? That man is so gifted and talented, and his brain works in such a unique and just almost hard to digest, complicated way that's so incredible. Why would I ever want to try and do something that could measure up to that? But he can't speak to my life. He can't speak to my friends and my family and the people that I love. He can't tell the story of where I've been and what I've seen in 30 years. So that's kind of, um, I don't know if anybody's listening to this discussion about comparison and yeah, for this artist that I'm on the road with, I don't, I just play keys and organ and synth and sing backup. Um, there, are, there's, uh, there's always moments of weakness where I wish I could be doing more or, um, you know, as a band, we allocate different parts to different people. Um, in moments of weakness, there's always times where I'm just like, ah, oh, man, wish I could have done that instead of that guy. Or, oh, I wish this guy would do this part ex- instead of me and blah, blah, blah. That's what being a, uh, I, I think if, if anyone's honest with themselves, that's what being a creative is. You want to try and set yourself up so that you look good. I don't want to be, I don't want to look foolish as a person ever. Um, but I think where, at least what I'm working towards and what I think people that are, are trying to make a sustainable career, like you were talking about is being able to self-regulate those voices to say, oh, listen, man, (laughs) Uh, that thought is definitely going to be someone that no one wants to work with. So um, there's a daily sort of unchecking your ego from what's happening that I'm trying to focus on to say, uh, you know, the way that this song connects with this crowd when we're on the road and we're playing a show is because of how sincere and honest and vulnerable and genuine and powerful this artist's voices and the song that he wrote, the song that he delivers, the story that he tells, this is only going to land with this crowd because of who he is and what he's done. And if the keys and organ and synth and the the BGVs that I'm providing in this can help that land better, awesome. That's all we're trying to do on this tour. Um, mm. I just need to make sure that I leave enough space in my life to carve out time and space for my own family and my own art. In addition to not, uh, not as a
0: in place of,
1: yeah, not in place of, and not with the, with the goal of surpassing, you know, Mm. but just to say, this is, um, you know, what, what we've been doing the last, I've been with this artist for about a year and a half now. Um, to have been able to connect with him in a pandemic when live music was shut down um, to have been able to work with the people that I worked with that led up to this being one of my connections and and an opportunity that's on my plate. Like, I, I mean, I'm incredibly thankful. We we've talked about, we talk about faith all the time and I I'm sure we talked about faith the last time I was on the podcast. So I don't want to shy away from that either. That's the kind of hope looking backwards that I'm trying to reallocate to a genuinely terrifying future that I'm staring down, um, and and the difficulties that have been all around these last three years, I'm trying to take some of those things. Those are those are opportunities that I I could not have orchestrated for myself with any amount of stalking or Instagram DMing or whatever um, to secure the place that I have in this band and on the road. Um, could not have orchestrated it without sort of divine appointments and conversations and things like that. Um, there's hard work that's prepared you for the success that you've found with with uh, this empire that you're building for yourself there's proficiencies in communication there's successes and failures there's a ton of hard work that's gotten you to the place that you've gotten to um, that have prepared you for when the lord drops that opportunity in your in your lap are you able to take advantage of it or not so It's that sort of looking backwards that I'm trying to reallocate as to hope to the future that he's going to do it again and I'm going to be okay. And the things that are keeping me up, you know, last night, stressed out, can't sleep. Um, I'm not past any of the things that, um, that I sometimes wish I was past. I'm a lot better than I used to be. Um, I'm a lot more confident than I used to be. I'm really thankful for for what Nashville has taught me. There's a, Um, there's a confidence in myself. There's a confidence in my creations that, um, that I, I didn't have before. And it's come through tough conversations and good conversations and just reps and doing it. And, um, I don't know. I I think that if you, if you can just wrap your mind around trusting yourself to jump Trusting your legs and your feet and your ankles and your toes to be able to, like, whatever is down there, I'm going to land on and figure out. Uh, because there's no, um, there's no, like, self-help podcast. There's no industry, entertainment industry professional. There's nobody that can tell you this is what's going to happen and this is what you do um, because everything is different. Like, sorry, this has been a bit of a ramble. But the analogy that kind of comes to mind, especially when it comes to comparison, is, like, <laughs> Nashville's a very beautiful city. Uh, it's a lot of young, beautiful people, uh, very fashionable, very um, influency, very Instagramy, um, and it's only growing exponentially more so every day. I know, uh, just speaking from the music industry perspective, New York, LA, London, exact same way. Um, the big music towns are are all like that because it's about your branding and your aesthetic and the way you look almost as much as your um, your music proficiency, and so. Uh, It's tough to not compare. But when you're going into things, like I can go visit a friend and go and walk in their closet and go through all their clothes and be like, interesting, (laughs) you know, like, not the closet I would have built for myself. Um, But they've got a a sweet style. It's awesome. It works for them. They're confident in it when they're walking around the street and taking pictures. Cool. Do your thing. I don't know why. It's funny to me, I guess that I, I've never felt an insecurity or a comparison, like closet to closet, looking at my closet versus someone else's, whereas I feel an insecurity and a comparison in music all the time. Mm. But when I like, you can get a recommendation from a friend of yours to say, oh, I bought this piece at this vintage, you know, thrift shop on Old Hickory in Nashville, go, you should go check it out. It's awesome. Um, I don't feel a pressure to go in and find that exact same piece to say, I want to look exactly like them. We can see like people react negatively when they're like, Oh, all of a sudden you started dressing exactly like that other friend. You like trying to be exactly like them. That's so, you know, that's weird Mm
2: -hmm. where
1: I'm trying to look at my music career kind of like that. Like I'm every now and then you add a piece of art to your closet and it's a piece of art that only fits you and it's tailored to you and you look good in it. And it, uh, it helps contribute to the style that you're creating for yourself. And hopefully it's mm-hmm. timeless. Hopefully it's not dependent upon um, the fashion trends that, that, that change sometimes weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever. It's not, it's not dependent upon what you saw your favorite person on TikTok do. You're building pieces that hopefully are going to last you, you know, if I'm going to drop $100 on a jacket, I want that jacket to last for a long time, and I want it to be something that's going to be universal enough that I can still relate to it and still want to wear it out on the street for years and years and years to come. And so, you're—I don't know if that's an analogy that helps anybody. I hope it does, because you're—you build your closet. You build your closet. I can't build my closet with anybody with your clothes. I'm sorry. I'd rip them. I wouldn't fit in them well. I wouldn't look good in all of them. You know. So you got to build your closet with things that you're this tailored to you and things that you're proud of of uh sort of displaying to the world
2: mm. that's good jonathan i appreciate i appreciate you coming back and
0: talking about this because it's it's not an easy because this is not the like you know, oh my gosh, he's a superstar now. Like, this is, that's not, that's not what this is. This is the, we're still in the beginning and we're still learning and we're like, we've been in it enough to say like, okay, there's, there's a lot of things that we thought we knew that weren't what they are. And there's things that we're glad that they are what they are. And there's things that like, man, I, this is just a lot to process in, in this
2: creative space. Um, but at the end of the day, there's, there's a line of
0: hope and evidence of not being where you started. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's these, these beginnings and I don't, I don't like calling them small beginnings. They're just beginnings. Um, you know, the beginnings
2: are going to shine through what's coming, whatever that
0: is. Um, and we get to appreciate this season when we look back, um, and kind of soak that in for what, for what this, this season has been at the time that it was yeah um so truly truly thank you for for being willing to talk about this and for those of you that want to keep following jonathan's journey i'll put all of his info <laughs> in the show notes because you're doing really cool stuff now and you know especially from where you started. Um, it's just different. You're in a different season. And um I think people would appreciate hearing this podcast and getting to watch it. Watch watch what you're putting out and saying similar to how I, I feel watching Kev on stage now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I I remember. I re- I literally remember your early days and mm-hmm. I'm proud of where you are now, like to have been, you know, that there's going to be people in the future that are like, they're going to discover you when you're the blue check mark guy. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to know. They're mm-hmm. not going to have been here and heard the first podcast and then heard, hear this podcast and to follow what you post when you had posted it at that time. Like there, mm-hmm. there's going to be a whole set of fans in the future um, that weren't in this space with you and the fans that were in this space when they when they get to see you become that headliner they're going to be like man we're so proud of him it's mm. going to be a different level of fandom it's going to it's going to feel different to them cuz they got to they didn't just hear about the story they they got to watch it unfold in real time from their perspective And being your friend, I can say that I've already gotten to do that for over a decade with you. So Mm -hmm. like I already have that with you. And you're not Mm -hmm. even the headliner yet. So I can't imagine (laughs) how like like black church lady wailing, I will be at your (laughs) concerts. Like I would have
2: I'm
0: I will be a hot mess. I will be the hot mess black lady in the front row. Like no, it's you, just gonna happen. You're gonna be um, on stage
1: with me. You're gonna be the one that comes out and hits them with the truth when. Uh, okay.
0: When okay. <clears throat> That's recorded. Keep yeah. that in there. Cut the we check. Gonna
1: remember sign that. the contract. Let's go. Yeah, I, I, I love you so much, Candice. I'm your biggest fan. I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. I will come back and talk on this podcast as many times as you want me to. You can't get rid of me talking on the phone anyway. We're going (laughs) to be, I'm very grateful to be, to have been in your life for a while. Um, I very, very much want to continue to try and support you as best I can cheer you on with what you're doing. Um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, with this whole conversation, like anybody that's listening, I I just want to make sure if there's anything that I can do that's meaningful in my lifetime, it's that anybody who's going into something that is creative doesn't feel like they're fighting any of this alone or by themselves. Um, so whatever support, whatever encouragement I could be, that's, that's the goal. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: Anytime. Thank you. And thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If there are topics, conversations, people that you want on this show and you want to, us to discuss, this is. This isn't my show. This is our show, and we're learning and growing together. So send those things my way. You can hit me up on social media at Candace Olushala. And otherwise, you guys take care, stay safe, God bless, and we'll talk soon. Bye, Jonathan. Bye, Bye. guys. <laughs>